listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. So Psalm 119, reading the Resh section, uh, begins in the verse number 153. Let's hear the word of the living God. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved, because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Amen. May God be pleased to bless his word. Uh, last time we were together, we were considering the, the prayers, multiple prayers, personal prayers in the Psalm 143. We were looking at them under the idea of praying when we are overwhelmed. At the end, towards the end of that Psalm, there was a prayer in the verse 11 where the psalmist prays, quicken me. O Lord, for thy name's sake, quicken me. Now that prayer, quicken me, occurs 11 times in the Psalter. The prayer, quicken us, also occurs once. And the same word is translated elsewhere with the word revive. And so the sense, you know, this is a common prayer. A prayer to be quickened. It's used three times in this, in this particular section of Psalm 119. The origin of this word quicken has to do with life. That's kind of the roots of the word life and the giving of life. But as it's used in these petitions, it is not speaking of life beginning, but rather life being restored. The restoration of life, the reviving of life. This is an occasional need for a believer I want to explain what I mean by that. It is an occasional need for a believer. It is not the need for the unbeliever. The unbeliever needs rebirth. They need life out of death. This is a reviving of life that is already present. And so it's not for the unbeliever. It is for the believer. And it is occasional, not continual. There are seasons when we're in good spiritual health. We don't spend our entire Christian life in this sense of need of revival. But whilst I say it's occasional, I would say it's regular. There's a regular need, uh, ongoing need. And for many, it's a need that may be prolonged, may be prayed for some time. See, what we're looking at here is spiritual lethargy in the children of God, spiritual malaise. Think of someone with a serious illness. Uh, perhaps it comes on very suddenly. 
A few days earlier, they were active, they were at work, they were joyful, they were glad to talk, and they were glad to be with people. And then the sickness comes. And what happens when this sickness arises? They take to their beds. They may be in pain, they may know much weariness. They often want to be alone, they desire isolation. They're downcast, and they lack joy. And when we think of such who have such an illness, we often will pray for them that they would be restored to good health. And we may even use the term that they would, they would even be revived. term that indicates someone who is suffering from physical malaise is, I think, a parallel as we think of this matter of spiritual lethargy and spiritual malaise. So what we're looking at here in this petition, Quicken Me, is really some instruction as we think about praying in the midst of spiritual lethargy. And the first thing I want to consider with you is the signs, or are the signs of spiritual lethargy. Like physical illness, so spiritual illness comes with visible signs. They might be hidden for a time, but eventually these signs become manifest. First of all, for many with spiritual lethargy, their appetite might deteriorate. I say might. We've got to be very careful that we're not overly prescriptive in describing what lethargy may look like in individuals. There are some occasions when the Lord's child is spiritually dull and yet desires the Word of God. The Lord sovereignly withdraws himself for a season that we would seek him. He allows us, in the language of Isaiah 50, verse 10, to walk in darkness, even though we fear the Lord. And so there are times when there will be an appetite for the word of God, and yet there will still be that spiritual lethargy. Yet for many, and we know this to be true in our experience, when we become spiritually dull, we lose our appetite for the word. Sometimes we can be careless in the Word and therefore become spiritually dull. Other times spiritual dullness comes and we lose an appetite for the Word. It's hard to differentiate cause and effect sometimes. But when we suffer and succumb to this spiritual lethargy, we understand that our devotions are arduous and eventually they are absent altogether. We don't get up in the morning with a desire to be in the Word of God. We we might force down some food because we know we ought to. Like when you're sick, sometimes eating is a duty, it's not a delight. And so you force down the food, but you, you have no appetite for it. In public, our ears are dull. We may still, for a time, be in the Word of God. But again, we don't come with any enthusiasm. We're not hungry to hear what God would say to us. And when we're under the Word, we, we might get a, a, a few morsels down, but it's it's a battle to eat and feed in the Word of God. And so you think of this Psalm 119, and you have there in the verse 159 where the psalmist says, Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord. What's happening here? He's describing his love for the precepts, and yet he still wants to be quickened. Well, I think what's happening at part here is he is considering his love for the good food. His appetite is gone, but he understands he loves the Word. You think perhaps there were, there were some of you and you, uh, you got COVID at a different time and you, you lost your taste and smell and 
Uh, you, you knew you loved food, but food had lost its joy. There was no joy, no delight in, in eating at that time. It just had, had gone all together. For the psalmist here, he, he remembers, he loves the law of God. And what he's praying here, he's praying, Lord, revive me, restore my appetite. Give me renewed appetite for the word of God. So we know by experience and um, by implication, the word we know our appetite might deteriorate. Our activity, our spiritual activity will also diminish obedience. You turn back to Psalm 119 in the verse number 88. And you have this prayer here, quicken me after thy loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of thy mouth. He's asking to be revived in order that he would obey. Indicates for us that when we are spiritually lethargic, we find it hard to obey all areas of God's word. Again, it's difficult sometimes to distinguish cause and effect. As we'll see later on, a grievous sin may well lead to spiritual lethargy. But sometimes lethargy is caused by something else. And when we are spiritually lethargic, there is a failure to walk in obedience to the word of God. The spiritually lethargic, they, they lose their determination to raise their children in the things of God. And if the parent becomes spiritually lethargic, they... They fall back in these areas. Marriages suffer. The spouse, they forget what it is to love their spouse. They're spiritually lethargic and their activity in the things of God falls back. They lose their diligence in work. They may keep a show of being diligent, but they have no desire because they, they lose the heart to serve God. They lose any zeal in evangelism. They're, they've taken to their spiritual bed. They're not on the roadside telling people about Christ. They, they're very negligent in encouraging and caring for the Lord's people. These things that were, for a time, normal practices in their spiritual life, they're, they are now, they're now neglected. They've become inactive. They have succumbed to spiritual malaise and lethargy, and they've, they've lost their activity in the things of God. Their appetite might deteriorate. Their activity will diminish. They will desire aloneness. Aloneness will be desired. First and foremost, they want to be alone. They want to be away from the Lord. This will often go bit by bit, but the prayer life will be less intense and then shorter and then bit by bit absent altogether. Aloneness from the Lord will always be accompanied by a desire for aloneness from the Lord's people. Church attendance wanes. There was a time when they would never miss a meeting, but they do not want the fellowship of the Lord's people. They are like the physically ill, and they, 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 they say to somebody, no visitors, please. Apathy will dominate it's the fourth of these signs of spiritual lethargy. You think of the psalmist in Psalm 51, restored unto me the joy. In the midst of spiritual illness, he understands the lack of joy, apathy, the word pathos involved, feelings, emotions, they're absent. There's no joy in spiritual lethargy, spiritual malaise. 
There's a lack of conviction for sin. That emotion goes, the guilt when they sin against the Lord, it's just not there. They don't feel that any longer. They don't really care about obedience. They're apathetic when it comes to the ways of righteousness. And they take no delight in praising God. Just goes. No joy. There'll be degrees here. You take the ultimate degree of what you see as somebody who's not saved. That may be you tonight. It's not a matter that your appetite deteriorates or activity diminishes. It's what you are in the presence of God. You do not have any appetite for the things of God and you're not active in serving the Lord. So that's one end of the spectrum where it's, again, this is not a matter of somebody who's sick, but somebody who's dead spiritually. And what happens when we're born again by the Spirit of God? We're given life. But times come and we fall back towards what it was to be spiritually dead. We succumb to sickness, not to the point of death, praise God. That's not possible. But we do fall back to a different degree. And so when I, when I describe this condition, you may well identify in your own heart saying, well, yeah, I, I'm, I, I get that. You may not be at the worst end of the spectrum, but you still identify with these particular symptoms. And so, if those are the signs of spiritual lethargy, what are the situations in which this might arise? Considering all of the Word of God, the root cause, the ultimate cause of spiritual lethargy and malaise is the infection of unbelief. The virus of unbelief comes into our spiritual beings and it impacts our entire Christian life. The Hebrew believers, as Paul writes to them in that epistle, they are warned regarding the danger of falling into unbelief. They're contemplating leaving Christ. They are experiencing the symptoms of spiritual lethargy. And the warning is, do not succumb to unbelief. And yet... As we think of unbelief, we should also understand that the church in Ephesus is warned about leaving their first love. And Christ describes backsliding in the days when iniquity abounds as the love of many waxing cold. See, faith and love come together. True faith includes a love for Christ. And true love is fed by faith in the word. So spiritual lethargy arises in seasons when our faith and our love, they are tested. And if you think of the situations when we may become spiritually lethargic, we can identify situations when our faith is tested and when our love is tested. Do you think about the issue of affliction? In Psalm 119 again, verse 153, Consider mine affliction and deliver me. You think of the Psalm 119 again and the verse number 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord. In affliction, whatever the cause may be, unbelief can easily come in. You think of the situation that you might find in life where someone gets a wound. Something hits their leg and their, their, their leg has a gash in it. And what happens then is, well, the skin barrier is broken and infection can easily get in. And it can then they can become septic and become very, very ill quite quickly. 
And so spiritually speaking, what happens is afflictions can wound us spiritually. And there's an open gash, as it were, in our souls. And unbelief can creep in and we doubt God and our love can wane. And I say this to you because understand that in seasons of affliction, you are spiritually vulnerable. You are easily susceptible to the infection of unbelief that would bring you into spiritual malaise. In seasons of affliction, pray all the more, Lord, protect me, keep me in your grace. And do all you can to apply the balm of Gilead to heal the wound. Using the gospel to bind up that wound that the affliction would, would not lead to worse illness in the things of God. Affliction. What about advancing age? You, you see the Psalm 71, the verse number 20. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again. There's a promise of being quickened. The afflictions they suffer here are connected with advancing years. Verse number 18, Now also when I'm old and grey-headed, O God, forsake me not. And what happens in advancing years sometimes is a spiritual weariness comes alongside physical weariness. And there's a need for a quickening. That they that wait upon the Lord would renew their strength, revived. Affliction, age, worldliness. That's a particular situation when spiritual lethargy came in. That might be the first one in your mind. You go back to verse number 37 of this psalm, Psalm 119, and the verse number 37. And you'll see here a clear inference that indicates a connection between worldliness and the matter of spiritual lethargy. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Vanity, of course, in Ecclesiastes is the emptiness of the world, money, work, marriage, pleasure. Verse 36 says, Incline mine heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. The vanity connected with being covetous, being consumed by the world, and therefore growing careless in the things of God. The desire for some more money, or desire for some sporting pleasure, and the world is creeping in and they are careless in their attendance to the Sabbath day. And what happens? Spiritual lethargy results. Worldliness hinders our attention to the word preached. We lose joy in our private devotions. We're just consumed with the things of the world. What about specific sin? Go back to Psalm 51 again. Psalm 51, of course, a very particular sin here. Not just not general worldliness but a very particular sin. In Psalm 51, you have, of course, the sin of David with Bathsheba. You understand what happens there. and well, He's got tremendous burden. Verse number 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew. There's this concept again of revival. Renew your right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The indication being, when we succumb to a particularly grievous sin, the great danger is of spiritual lethargy resulting. When you're tempted, think of all the consequences of your sin, how it might affect other people, but also don't forget how it affects your spiritual walk with God. Affliction, age, worldliness, particular sin, spiritual warfare. Uh, I've quoted already from the Psalm 138 and the verse 
Number seven, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. Here's spiritual warfare and the need for reviving. I've never fought in a battle. But I understand that people become weary. Remember the battle where Saul, he demanded that the people would not eat food during the battle? The time that Jonathan takes the, the food? What happens when they are battling, they become weary. And there are unique seasons in our spiritual pilgrimage when we're confronted with many spiritual enemies. And every day we're facing blows and we're fighting back with the sword of the Spirit. But we become, we become tired and we become weary and we cry unto God, revive me. Strengthen me again. So these are some of the situations in which spiritual lethargy might arise. And quickly as we close, let me demonstrate the solution for spiritual lethargy. I love the quotation from Bridges, uh, Psalm 119, a beautiful commentary on the psalm. When he comments in the verse number 25, he says this, Yet it is not the complaint of sickness, but an application to the physician that advances the recovery of the patient. We do not usually expect to better our condition by mourning over its badness or merely wishing for its improvement. Just to lie on your bed and complain about how ill you feel won't make any better. So Bridge is using that illustration as I've been using tonight. This parallel between spiritual lethargy and physical lethargy. And in the midst of our physical afflictions we are to, we're to apply to the physician. We have Christ, our great physician. It must be the desire of the true child of God to be revived. They will not be content with a cold heart. They will not be content to lie in the bed of spiritual illness. It is a really worrying sign if you've grown cold of heart and don't care about it. That's, that's a really worrying sign. You see that sometimes at the end of life, where someone's been sick for so long, and they've been in the bed for so long, and they, they lose any care to get better. In a spiritual context, that is a sign of imminent apostasy, of denial of the faith. And what a tragedy that is if someone had a heart for God, and now they find themselves in such a state. So the solution for our spiritual lethargy is to turn to God, our great physician, Christ, our heavenly doctor. And as we do so, we do so in prayer and we do so pleading for God's mercy. Psalm 119, verse number 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. In everything in the Christian life, there is the recognition that it is undeserved. And so in the matter of revival, personal, spiritual revival, there is a recognition that we do not deserve the blessing. We plead for God's mercy. We pray and we plead over God's promises. 154, quicken me according to thy word. 156, quicken me according to thy judgments. The promises of God. We have a promise from God. 
and assurance that he will revive the humble. For thus saith the high and lofty one that hath the Trinity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That's a promise. In our times of spiritual lethargy, we can go to God and plead the promises of God. Revive me according to thy word. There's the word. There's a promise. We plead for God's mercy. We plead over God's promises. And we pray and we plead over God's gospel. The promise of Isaiah 57 about revival is a promise that comes in the context of the gospel. Comfort me, comfort ye, O my people. God's going to come and comfort in the gospel. He's going to send the Redeemer. A branch of David will come, the suffering servant of Jehovah. And our hope of revival is based upon the gospel. We love, we love him because he first loved us. If our faith is weak and our love is cold, the remedy for this is being in the gospel. Sometimes you may wake up on the Lord's Day morning and think to yourself, I, I think I'll just not only stay in my spiritual bed, I'll stay in my physical bed. I won't get out to the house of God. My faith is weak, my love is cold, I have no desire to be in the house of God. Well, stir yourself up and get to the house of God. Because when our hearts are cold, we come into the house of God and we sing of Christ. And we hear his word. We hear of his sacrifice. We see him in the garden. We think of his sufferings and our hearts revive. As we contemplate the promise of redemption. Spiritual lethargy, praise God, is not a continued experience of the child of God. But to some degree or other, it's quite regular. And it may well be the case of all the prayers we're looking at in this series. This one might be the one they'll use most. Consistently, regularly, Lord, I need, I need you to revive me. Do not lie long in the bed of spiritual lethargy. Get out of bed and get on your knees and pray the gospel. And pray, quicken me according to thy word. May God help us to rightly understand and apply this, this prayer tonight for the glory of his name and the good of our souls. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.